Grant Taylor seemed to have it all. A constantly breaking down car, a $25,000 salary, a six-year losing streak as a high school football coach, poor job security, and infertility. But that's all about to change when suddenly everything changes. <laughs> <laughs> now having to contend with a school-wide spiritual revival, a newfound respect among his peers and students, self-confidence, a winning high school football team, and a, a pregnant wife, and a brand new truck, his trials and turmoils with success will lead him to have to contend with the giants of faith and fear on and <laughs> off the field to surprising results. Facing the Giants, a Kendrick Brothers production. Welcome to the Gods Are Not Watching podcast, where we review Christian movies so bad that even God himself wouldn't be caught watching them. This episode, we review 2006's Facing the Giants. I'm your host, Jeremy, and these are my co-hosts, Lachlan, aka The Professor. Hey, guys. Number one Newsboys fan, Jay. Hello. Mr. Christian Dating Consultant, Tristan. Hello, thank you. You may book me for any services. I do pre-marriage counselling. I do post-marriage counselling. I do during marriage counselling. I do all sorts of counselling. <laughs> for any stage, I do singles counselling, couples counselling. Um, all for the low, low price of your firstborn child. I'm raising an army uh, and a church so, well, and a football ahead. team. All of those things in one. Raise him up, Lord. Raise him <laughs> up. Raise him up, Lord. Raise him up. <laughs> a generation. And just going back to your intro for a second, the, whatever his name really did have it all. He really did have it all. <laughs> totally. I literally, okay. During the while I was watching this movie, I literally wrote down. Okay, there, it, clearly there are two kinds of Christian movie: movies where the protagonist has it all, and movies where the protagonist has none of it. And this, including this a healthy sperm count. This movie, he doesn't have any of it. Like he has, he's just for some reason he's so poor. He's Even just got a full time job. It's because job. he's well. It's because he's a high school teacher for a public school in Georgia. Yeah. It it is well, it's yeah. hard for teachers, man. <laughs> Teachers do not get paid a... enough. Meanwhile, if he was a college coach, he would be making like six figures easily, yeah. <laughs> which is funny. Um, as alluded to, we're watching this this episode. We're talking about Facing the Giants, a 2006 movie by the directed by Alex Kendrick, who also is the lead character. Mm. Written by the Kendrick brothers, who've committed such war crimes as War Room <laughs> and Fireproof. Uh, please refer to those episodes to hear our trial hearings on those movies. Mm. On Nuremberg. On Nuremberg, yes. Just following orders is not a valid defense. It's not a valid defense. <laughs> that will not fly. I don't, I don't care who told you to act in that scene yeah. in that way. Or I don't care if it was God himself told you to make these <laughs> movies. We will hold you accountable. That is our job. Uh, we are the Sanhedrin of movies. So very good reference. Thank you. Uh, in yeah, our, in our podcast canon, the only the only movie that God gave a sign off on was I'm in love with the church girl. <laughs> he never signed off on any of these other travesties. Uh, so this is produced by Sherwood Pictures on and on a budget of a hundred thousand dollars, it made ten million two hundred and two hundred forty three thousand. Uh, most of that ten million was made domestically. A very small international budget. A very international gross. 
in terms of critical reception, it got a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 16% from critics. It was rotten, and an 85% from audiences. Ooh. Audiences ate this up. Um, IMDb has this on a 6.6 out of 10. And Kurong, aka Australia's number one distributor of Christian resources, gave it five stars with 19 reviews. Oh, wow. wow. No Jeez. surprises there. No. Unlike uh, the results of this movie, <laughs> boom. where everything happens to. So, oh, but the, so, so the IMDb <clears throat> sort of uh, blurb for this movie is a losing coach with an underdog football team faces their giants. Um, of fear and failure on and off the field to surprising results. So that's what this movie's about, if you want to know. It's about surprise. It's about surprise. (laughs) Surprise! Uh, So sometimes in this podcast we go over movie trivia, and all the movie trivia for this one in IMDb is the most virtue-signaling movie trivia. Um... I'm going to read this out, and I hope this doesn't get cut, because this is a very long piece of trivia. (laughs) But uh, for Sherwood Productions, this was their first true theatrically released movie. They had a hard time finding distributors who would release it theatrically. No one was interested. No surprise. (laughs) Director Alex Kendrick was frustrated, wondering why God would let this happen after all they put into it. Interestingly, the main lesson of the film is to praise God whether one wins or loses. He felt God telling him... That it was the same same thing with the success of the film. They surrendered it to God, and soon afterwards, a music company that they had gotten permission to use a song in uh, called them and gave them permission, but also said that their parent company was interested in releasing it theatrically. Their parent company, Sony. Oh! Sony. Uh, Alex Kendrick was quoted as saying, God opened a door that none of us could have opened. We didn't even knock on their door. Gosh. And Sony was able to enjoy $9,900,000 as a result of that door opening. That's crazy. Uh, This movie features a bunch of football teams playing against each other, but one of the opposing coaches was played by Jim McBride, who was an associate pastor of Sherwood Baptist Church. Uh, most of the cast and the crew were comprised of members of Sherwood Baptist Church. No. And this particular dude, Jim McBride, also used to be a professional wrestler, which kind yeah. of plays into his performance somewhat. That yeah. all, everything, it just makes so much sense now. Like, mm. the fact that he's a really bad actor and also <laughs> cartoonishly bad sort of character. But yep. then, um, but the wrestling also coming into it was like, oh yeah, he's so intense and like, he's definitely enthusiastic. You can give him that. And uh, just just before we move on, I'd say the most important piece of trivia on IMDb is the color red appears in every scene of this movie. That's the best piece of trivia I've ever heard. That's so well. Ridiculous. Obviously, that's to, to the symbolize Christ, the, the blood illusion. of Christ. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> but can, there's just there's so much just pointless trivia on here like okay this one the radio that mr bridges listens to has an interesting story by the way there's a scene where a character listens to a radio it's like a five second scene it's a point it's a meaningless scene i can't really remember that exactly so but apparently that radio has an interesting story while planning this scene they wanted to use an old radio but didn't have one they were praying about it and the day they filmed it, Stephen Kendrick went out to look for one. In about 30 minutes, he found 
this one in a barber shop and they were able to borrow it. It was an it was an antique that was once floating down the road in a flood many years earlier. That's not that interesting a story. <laughs> It's really like, not. A dude was looking for an old radio. He went and found one. It's clearly like... 30 um, minutes. It's clearly it. trivia that was written by a team of people who made the movie who were really pumped. And they were really excited about the movie. They're like, guys, remember the time with the radio in the barber shop when we prayed because we needed a radio for a five-second scene? We should include that. That's going to make people really love this movie. It's almost like, it's almost like the, the trivia is propaganda for the movie, mm. essentially. Because mm. it's basically and that's crazy, like... Cause the movie is propaganda for football. <laughs> <laughs> and Christianity and I don't know. <laughs> but it's basic it's like the tri- the trivia is almost there it kind of tells a story of like this movie was the production of this movie was full of so many answers to prayers and yep. like it's we were praying at every step and it's almost like sort of God wanted this movie to happen. Exactly. Is what that trivia is saying. Exactly. <laughs> The, the real giants was the box office that we made along the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's the stacks of cash. <laughs> That's the uh, real giant here. Is the, is the Kendrick Brothers bank account. That's the giant that we all have to face. Um, so but let's, let's apparently uh, all of the proceeds from the movie went to the building of a youth center, I believe. That youth center is the Kendrick Brothers' third house. <laughs> it's for their kids. That's the youth center. That's the youth. <laughs> That's the youth center. Now I'm sure. I'm sure. Look, they feel. They seem like genuine people. I'm yeah, sure they make it. They're, they're, yeah, but. they're they're really nice and they're making movies for a good cause. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't mean the movie is I, good, but <laughs> they're trying. They're trying. I like to imagine from this description that the Kendrick brothers actually live together, like both with their families. No, they have like a mirrored house that's like, it's conjoined like a terrace, oh but it's just gosh. the exact same, like a mirror on either side. <laughs> and there's like a common courtyard area. That would be cute. It's I almost think. like they're twins. Yeah, if only. Identical twins. They could do like a Freaky Friday. No, not Freaky Friday. What's the other one? Parent Trap. Parent oh, yeah. Trap with oh, the Kendrick my brothers. Gosh. This is getting way too esoteric. We should move yeah. on. Anyway, yeah. um, I, I could keep going off on that tangent because it's a lovely tangent. That's great. But in the interest of keeping this podcaster uh, going, uh, let's do a quick roundtable as to what people mm. thought of this movie. Lachlan, what did you briefly think of this movie? Uh, yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was an interesting movie to watch. It wasn't. It really wasn't the worst because, like... I feel like this movie was compared to the other Kendrick Brothers movies that we've watched. I, fa- I found this the least offensive, maybe, um, between Fireproof War Room and this. I'd I think agree. this yeah. maybe because, and I think what helped this movie is that it had a genre to fall back on, which was football. It, like at the end of the day, it was a football movie, and so you know, at least there's football in it. Like. Um, <laughs> But I will say that the entire time I was watching this, I wished I was re-watching Friday Night Lights, the excellent TV series that... Am I the only one here who's watched that? Yes. Um, yeah. It's such yep. a good... Okay, Friday Night Lights, the <clears throat> series, it started in the same year, 2006, and the star of... The, the main character is also called Coach Taylor. So, like... Coach Taylor is the main coach in um, Friday Night Lights, and the name of the coach in uh, 
facing the Giants is Coach Taylor. They have different first mm. names though, but they're also like in the South um, and it's high school football. And my point is don't watch this movie. Just watch Friday Night Lights. <laughs> it's just way better. It, it even deals with, it even deals with religion in a more mm. interesting way. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I found it just, I don't know, kind of just a nothing movie. The characters weren't really characters. A lot of the high school characters were, the football team characters were kind of not even characters. Um, but it, but it was, there was an, yeah, it wasn't mm. arduous to watch because there was some reasonably okay football in it. Mm. Uh, Jay, what did you think of this movie? Um, firstly, like I feel like because the the the, the media has made like the the accents from Texas such a joke, so the whole movie I was just in my brain. I was just thinking like, oh yeah, I'm on the, from the south, from the south. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And then there's all these like soccer. It sounded like an Australian accent just then. Man, yeah, yeah come we're on, all man. from the south, eh? Hey? Yeah. South, south Australia, Southern Hemisphere. Great, great down under. <laughs> Right <laughs> and Bogans are just different. What made, what, what made it even worse was then they started like, oh, do you play soccer? Soccer? Do you play soccer? <laughs> and I'm like, it's football. Come on. And they're like, nah, soccer. Have you, have you, have you, I play soccer, dad. Hey, I grew up calling it soccer. Yeah, but you, you say it that soccer, way. Though. Like the American way is like soccer. <laughs> yeah. I grew up calling it football. That's all yeah. I refer to it as ever. And if anyone ever said soccer, I would punch them in the face and keep them in the gut until they died. I am wanted in several countries for murder. So you're a mass murderer is what you're saying. I'm a mass murderer. Anytime anyone said soccer, the S word in my presence, I would kill them in cold blood. Wow. For the assault to wow. language. That's and heavy, bro. <laughs> That's really heavy. Look, I just got to do my part. I'm a Man U fan. What, can I, what do you expect? Yeah, this is Tristan fighting our battles. <laughs> that was a joke about Man U fans being violent. That's for all Ooh. two listeners who might potentially exhale air out of their nose at that statement. Anyway. <laughs> on, on, with <Jay's, laughs> on with Jay's review. On with Jay's review. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Other than that. Um... I, I don't know. I feel like this whole trip of Kendrick Brothers movie just poisoned the well in the sense that now when I watch any of their movies, I'm just like, well, I guess everything's going to go right. It's almost like a classic Kendrick Brothers move to do a macho Christianity. So like basically like everything we pray for is going to come to pass. And mm. it's it's basically another Christian fairy tale. And Mm. Uh, it's very hopeful it was just oh, funny God. I was telling the guys uh, you guys earlier before we started recording like ironically um, no yeah I guess ironically halfway through the movie I took a break and then uh, we won't go into the spoilers but basically I had like a personal revelation through the movie even though I was dissing <laughs> it the whole time so then again once again you know God humbles Jay but there you go <laughs> another day what's new eh? but mm. anyway yeah yeah I think it's, it's, what can I say, man? It's just classic Kendrick mm. Kendrick Brothers Christian fairy tale. I love that uh, that that phrase, Christian fairy tale. That is that's a, a really that good is expression. really useful. That's really spot on. I that like kind that of a lot. Hits the nail on the head. Actually, that's gold. Yeah, it's Jay. like, it's, oh, and I guess Peyton like Kendrick. what Lachlan was saying earlier was like, it's either with Kendrick Brothers movies or movies like these, and it's great. It's very hopeful. It's full of hope, and I love it so much. But 
Um, it's, yeah, like I said, uh, it's either a Christian guy has everything or he doesn't have everything. And, and if he doesn't have everything, through prayer and petition, he gets everything. Everything mm. falls in line. And so, like, love it, but it's just not a good, it's not a good movie. Not a good, but yeah. it's, it's hopeful. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Uh, Tristan, what did you think of Facing the Giants? Okay, this one might actually be a bit surprising. I... I thought that it was it was an okay feel good movie. I really think that this is probably the best Kendrick Brothers film, which 100%. is funny considering this is like one of their third. This is like really their second. first breakout. This, what yeah. was before this? Flywheel. Flywheel. But Flywheel. that was <coughs> that wasn't theatrically released. Though. Okay. Yeah. That. So this, this was their sort first of the... theatrical. This is their theatrical debut um, on a wide release, and I don't think they've made anything better since that I've seen or that I've heard of. I don't know if they've only made there's, the three films. I think two more movies okay. that we haven't watched that have come out Interesting. since then. So I think that Facing the Giants is probably their best one. A lot of for the reasons that you said before, Lachlan, about how it, 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 it does have a genre. It has, you know, sport is a good genre. And, you know, it goes the way, exactly the way you expect it to. Like Jay said, it's a Christian fairy tale. Um, but really, like, if you kind of just switch your brain off, I can genuinely see a lot of people I know watching and enjoying this movie quite thoroughly. And I would say that to a lot of people watching it, like, listening to this podcast, I would say that there is a chance that you might actually enjoy this if you're just looking for something lighthearted to watch, if you're not looking for some, like, really compelling Christian drama, if you're just looking for something that's going to make you feel good at the end of, like, a hundred minutes, then this is probably the movie for you to be completely honest. Uh, and this is way more favorable than I had any anticipation of giving this film. Um, yeah, it's not going to evangelize to anyone. I don't think anyone's going to get saved from watching this movie, but I think some people would probably be edified off of watching it. Like it has some, some good moments. It's, it's a nice, uh, if you'll pardon my French Christian circle jerk. And I think that really it's, uh, it does what it does pretty well, which is to show people, to show Christians that you can be happy with nothing as long as um, the, the solution is to actually get everything you wanted all along. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, what do you mean it says that? I feel like it pretty much says that. <laughs> yeah, you can, find, will... <laughs> you can find all of your happiness in God alone, provided that God alone gives you everything else you want. That's, yeah. that's the message of this movie. And I think that that uh, is, that's what the gospel is all about. I think what's true, what I found confusing about this movie is that the messaging I found really kind of all over the place. Like mm. at one point it seemed, it was sort of saying this and another point it was saying this. And I was like, what exactly is his, like when he has sort of a change of heart early on in the movie, he's like, I'm going to try really hard to coach these kids with this football. I was like, I don't actually, <laughs> I don't know why. And like, and yeah, I don't know. And you compare it to like War Room, where it's like the message is too clear. It's like it's a sermon. Whereas here, it was like it's not clear enough. Like I was just not really sure what yeah, it was trying to do. But I think what you said is so right. Like if you switch your brain off, you can enjoy it. 
Mm, for sure. Unlike yeah. War Room or yeah. Fireproof, where if you switch your, even if you switch your brain off, you can't enjoy it. Yeah, you're still just like, gonna have a bad time and a bad brain. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna leave you a worse person. Whereas, whereas this movie, I think it's still totally enjoyable if you're just looking for something light and easy. Yeah, but still not as enjoyable as Remember the Titans or. Uh, um, Friday Night Lights, or yeah, like yeah. or just your your average. It's still below average. Yeah, it's still it's not. Best. It's not the best like feel good movie there is. <laughs> football, um, feel, feel good football. football movies there is like mm. yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, that's that's my yeah. I'd give this like a yeah. I'm not going to give the score because that's the end segment. Mm. Can't get too ahead of myself. I don't want to show all my cards. Otherwise, we get a checkmate. King me. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so the other other three summed it up really nicely. Um, this is so far the best Kendrick Brothers movie we've watched, but it still has all the trappings of the other Kendrick Brothers movies of sad piano music playing while characters introspectively have bad dialogue. But it was made more manageable by the fact that because it was a football movie, a lot of that sad piano music moments were broken up by football, which I don't particularly care about, but I very successfully zoned out for most of this movie. So uh, this movie's really good if you need to cook something in the background or you need to do laundry. Mm -hmm. But there's a hundred other movies you could be doing this Just watch The Office again. You know you're going to. Just watch (laughs) The Office again. Just do that. Just watch Friends again, because everyone knows that everybody loves Friends. (sighs) It's the greatest show. (laughs) That's why Netflix paid $100 billion to keep it on for another two weeks. (laughs) Alright, so that being our quick summaries, uh, Lachlan, you already kind of summed up the movie, but would you, for our listeners, would you like to give them an actual skeleton of the plot so they can follow along that includes spoilers because we're going into spoilers Mm. is that what we're doing yes please do um yeah so here we go into spoiler discussion and i will just provide a brief skeleton of the movie so yeah so as we kind of said there's you've got a you've got a uh alex kendrick plays the main character coach taylor he's a high school football coach in 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 somewhere in Georgia in, um, in a, a Christian school. Um, and he's, he's been there for six years and he's losing and he's just, uh, it's just not working well for him. And, um, so, and he also seems to have very little money. Um, and he also can't have kids and what else is going wrong? Just everything's his going wrong in his life. <laughs> his car sucks. His he can't stinks. afford a new one. His, his house, house stinks. stinks. Um, and, uh, and so basically he's sort of, got to a point of desperation and his his oh, job he's on the brink gears. of he's on the brink of losing his job he's got no and friends so then, and then he's sort of waiting for a sign and then there's this guy who prays a, a lot penis. at school cut that um and no, we're not. he's and he's sort of praying to god for a sign and then some guy uh at at the school, a teacher or a dad of, or somebody comes and gives him sort of a prophetic word, reads him a passage from the Bible. It was the that chaplain, I think. It was the school chaplain. Or somebody. Uh, and essentially it inspires him <laughs> to... Um, <Bye. laughs> it inspires him to sort of... 
I don't know, try harder. Like <laughs> it's, it's, there's something spiritual, but it seems to amount to try harder. I, we'll talk about what it means later. But, um, but so he gets sort of a new wind and he, and he really sort of, uh, pushes his, he sort of gets more inspiration to, uh, believe better for his football team and, and hold them to a high standard and, get them to try harder as well. And basically they start doing a lot better in the, um, uh, in the football competition, the sports competitions, and they win more games and they're doing well. And then things just start going really well. Uh, they get him a new truck, like somebody from, from the team. So there's a revival breaks out at the school. Um, and, uh, then, uh, then his wife gets pregnant and then they win the state championship <laughs> And then everyone lives happily ever after. I think that's 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 basically what happens in the movie, right? Oh wait, but there's also there is also the subplot. There's the other main character in this film. I guess he's the semi-main character. Um, he's almost a foil, I guess. David? If this movie was yeah. sophisticated enough to have foils, uh, the David. That he he's the new new kid on the block. Oh, he's just transferred to a new school, and he has expertise in soccer. His father is for a reason that's never explained in a wheelchair. He's Um, also so old. He's so old. (laughs) His so he has a dad who's like 110, uh, and is in a wheelchair. And uh, meanwhile, he just wants to play soccer and kick balls. But he's scared. He's feared of failure. And uh, yeah. but eventually, surprise, surprise, overcomes that fear, scores the winning field goal of yeah. the of the game, of, yeah. the, of the state championship, is the hero. Yeah, that's, pretty that's, much. That's, 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 and that's, that's, and that's pretty much that everything there is to know about that no. character, because there is no there is no more story yeah. to him. He really. Uh, but he gets an ex- inexplicable amount of screen time for no yeah, reason. How, how refreshing is that compared to Do You Believe? Which is, oh, yeah, the previous it is nice to just have two main characters or one and yeah, a half so main 12. characters. It's, you do not need I twelve feel like disciples. That, kid's, that kid is not really one of the main. Like he doesn't get. He's. he's I he's feel not, like he gets he's, way more screen time. Than, he gets more screen time than any other student. But there's the student who far. like who needs who gets saved and then goes and um mm. talks to his dad. You're not my dad. And then buys the truck for. Coach. And buys the yeah. truck. And then there's his wife. A bit, but I feel like they only get like one like other students only really get one scene like one scene to themselves whereas this kid gets like a fair few scenes I feel like yeah. this David kid and I think mm. that's kind of the whole idea is that his name is David and they're fighting the giant so it's meant to be a wait David his name was David Goli- yes and so it was the whole thing was a David versus Goliath thing yeah I thought it was quite amazing that at no point in this movie does anything from about David and Goliath yeah. get get quoted or referenced um i don't know how they i guess they were trying to like be smarter than that and like yeah we can come we there we've got other bible verses i wish that was those. a trend that they continued through the rest of their filmography because it's really <laughs> that kind of intelligence and respect for the audience is not apparent in fireproof or war room let me tell you yeah oh <laughs> Uh, with that summary, we're just going to have a free-for-all discussion about things that we'd want to bring up in this movie. Mm. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, right off the bat, I would like to say that I thought that, like, the writing for this film was, like, it was okay at parts. I thought that it was, like, passable for what it was. It wasn't great, and it wasn't 
it's like it's not going to win a Pulitzer. But uh, what really let it down is that Alex Kendrick, who is also the director, who stars as the main character, is not a good actor. He's really actually. You know what, I'll say it, he has his moments, but there's just so many scenes that I was just so taken out of it by he really struggles to convey, like, genuine anger and genuine, like, sadness. Anytime that he has to show any sort of negative emotion, it's so obviously fake, and that really took it out for me. The scenes Mm. that he had that I did actually, like, I was like, okay, this is actually really good, and I don't know, maybe he has a a history in actually coaching teams, perhaps, Um, was there's this one, there's the one training scene where they're doing drills, and uh, he's sort of having to motivate the, the quarterback of the team by getting him to, like, do this insane drill where he has to carry his teammate on it on his back the entire length of the football field uh in order to show the quarterback that he's actually capable of more than he thinks he is and like the performance in that i was actually quite invested and i was quite moved and i was like yeah that was a yeah that's i think if you look up facing the giants on on um youtube Mm. you can It'll there will be a video entitled "Most Inspiring Scene." Yeah, <laughs> that's it's look up facing scene. the Giants' motivation, and then yeah. you will have so many you'll have so many clips set to Inception music. It will it will yeah. inspire the pants off you. But that uh, yeah, I thought that was a strong a pretty strong scene. Hmm. To be honest, like uh, the idea is like there. This is sort of soon after Coach Taylor has gotten his sort of his shot of inspiration where he's going to really coach this team and Mm. inspire them. And, uh, and, and the, the whole idea is that they're sort of, they're, they're, they're believing, they're not believing enough that they can win. And they're, they're, they've, they've lost before they've even got into the, into the fight because they're, they, they believe that they've been defeated or they believe they're going to be defeated. And so he blindfolds, he, he asks this quarterback guy to, um, uh, who has a bit of an attitude problem, and he asks him to do this uh, death crawl exercise, which is just this really hard, where you crawl up the f- football field with a guy on your back, and um, and he puts a blindfold on him and says, "I just want you to give me your best, like, and don't worry about how far you get." Essentially, like, you if you can keep going, you keep going, rather than sort of stopping when you get to a certain point that you think was good enough but just if you've got anything left in the tank just keep going and uh so essentially he keeps going and it gets really intense the the music starts to swell and like the other kids in the football team start to stand up and watch more attentively and all of that and he's like shouting like keep going do not quit do not quit do not quit and um and then he sort of he eventually collapses and he's in the end zone when he was only meant to get to like the 30 or the 50 yard Mm. line or something i do not know how many yards there are in a football but that's because we're australian we think in metric terms and maybe that's not how far no, okay, so knows. Look, let me break it down to you so there's there's 27 uh, oopsies to a to a whoopsie do and then 39 <laughs> whoopsie do's to a furlong and then 82 furlongs to a yard and then nine yards to a foot and then 16 inches to a to a 
to a foot. No, foot, okay, no when, 14 foot to an inch. When will Australia wake up wake that the, up met- the metric the system is broken and we need a return the, to the imperial, imperial is the way of the Lord? Bro, um, I love answers. He's giving me all the answers. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, if you guys actually found this part funny. So after he collapses the, and the coach walks away, there's this overarching shot of the the linebacker just lying on the floor after his collapse. He hasn't even gotten up and the coach just continues walking oh, yeah, away. The coach just walks <laughs> off, just leaves him there. He's just lying there. He's just lying there. I'm like... Uh, he's like supposed to get up or something. He's just lying there flat yeah, on the ground. Get a cup of water for crying out loud. He's just did a <laughs> momentous feat of physical endurance. But and also, there's, a, there's a pretty genuinely good line after that as well, where um, the token black guy, who's one of the assistant coaches, who mm. maybe has a name. I don't even know if they gave him a name. It's probably Michael. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's probably Michael. <laughs> Andre. Um, he, uh, he just like looks at the other, the rest of the team. He's like, "All right, who's next?" <laughs> Oh yeah, that I, was, I genuinely <laughs> chuckled at that. That was good. That was a good. He, like that, I I wrote down um, early on in the movie. I was like, uh, yeah, this this movie's token black guy is all right. Like he's actually a pretty entertaining yeah. character. I've I found him uh, like pretty well written. Yeah, he's uh, not, like, he's not too yeah. magic. Yeah, liking. he's not magic, yeah. and he's he's just funny. He's just. <laughs> he has he has a he has a great line later on when coach taylor finally gets a truck from one of the students parents gives him a truck Mm. and uh the the assistant coach of the black dude was like it's like what you got a truck i don't get anything for being an assistant coach not even a moped (laughs) (laughs) i feel like like he (laughs) i hope that he had just ad-libbed that that would have been yeah i feel like the kendrick brothers are not funny enough to be (laughs) able i feel like those are just ad-libbed lines okay but like get that guy back but then the the funniest the line that made me just laugh out loud ironically um was <laughs> like it wasn't meant to be laughed at but in that same scene where so essentially you know the um the the kid who gets saved um his dad is rich i think and they, they essentially surprise him with a new truck because his his car was just crap and couldn't couldn't mm. even drive and so they've surprised him with his truck anonymously they don't he doesn't even know who the truck ca- came from uh but it's got a letter on it saying it's like from the team or or from somebody and mm. um and so yeah the, the the black dude is carrying on like oh why don't i get it? but then uh coach taylor he's like in tears he's like walking around the thing and then he just he's just like there's just this pause and he's like Lord, you've given me a truck. <laughs> uh, yep. That's all a man needs. That is, that is an accurate description of what has happened. <laughs> it's just so, like, way, like, way to state the obvious. <laughs> it's just the weirdest line. It's just so weird. <laughs> Lord, you've given me a truck. <laughs> um, can, can we talk about... In the final, like maybe twenty minutes of the game, there's supposed to be a cameo from some oh my famous gosh. sports guy who I, I did know. not recognize. Oh, yeah. So um, just before the big final game of the season, uh, Coach Taylor goes to his locker room, and this dude, who's apparently like I looked it up, he's like a coach for some yeah. kind of I think big for maybe a team. Georgia college football team or something, maybe. 
Yeah. Uh, and the camera, like, he's really treated like a big deal. Yeah. And he, he's a very clear, like, cameo appearance. And throughout the the final game, the the, the camera keeps cutting to him in the yeah. stands. Like all the every all the other extras in the stands are really excited about the game, but he's <laughs> like just really placid, just like yes, this game is going well. This one famous sports guy who no one knows. Any- I I did not recognize him. I doubt either of you. Did you guys recognize I did who not. Was? I had so no I idea who he was. If we take a tally of the collective amount of football knowledge on this podcast, I would say we have like negative knowledge. Yes, I would that's, say that, that's an app. Can that you is a name? Valid... Can you name anyone can, among us? Can we name five football teams? Gee, I thought you were going to say one, and I was like, "Yeah, I can do that." Yeah, let's <laughs> let's try. Na- okay, so five. I've got the New England Patriots. Oh, teams! Did you yeah, say teams? Teams. 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 I said, but, uh, teams. <laughs> How many footballs uh, can you name? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say footballers. Football oh, maybe players. for what players? But uh, teams, yeah. you got the Green Bay Packers. You've yep. got the uh, the the. The New York Knicks. <laughs> no, I, mean, I know that's possible. <laughs> um, you've got you got the Red Sox. The Red Sox. <laughs> no, they're, oh, they're that's baseball. The the, the Lakers. The, oh yeah. yeah, the Reds. Isn't there a Redskins? I think there is Washington a Redskins, Redskins. that yeah, will that's... soon be the 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 team formerly known as the Redskins yes. because it's not PC. They're so um, lame. They're called Wash. Just team Washington team. Yeah, the Washingtons. That's it. Um, <laughs> the Washington Georges. Isn't there a team called the Giants? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, New York, New York Giants. Yeah, New York Giants. Yeah, somebody Giants. Um, anyway, well, so yes, your point. I guess your point is that perhaps if we were actual football fans, we might know exactly who this dude was. Maybe. But I feel like I don't I know. know one, to me, I know the name of one footballer, and that is Tom Brady. That's the only yeah. footballer oh, the I know. No, it's who's the Christian guy? Is that the Christian guy? Tim oh, Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yeah. yeah, I know Tebow because everyone used to talk about t-bowing yeah in high school but like but the thing is that this this cameo i get the vibe my guess is because if he was a real like if he was a real famous footballer or coach made a cameo that would have been great but the thing is they wouldn't have been able to afford him (laughs) so like my guess is that this is sort of a, a a guy that people in um, Georgia know mm. who he is, but like anyone else doesn't. But it's like even even like um, the uh, coach Taylor's expre- facial expression when he leaves the room after the encounter. It's like he's almost blushing to have met him. I'm like, sorry, man, I don't know who he is. Um, like, he's so I think prominently featured as well really in the rest is, of the game. Yeah, he and it's like who. Like this guy has no story. Like, um, no, no, no. But, but but in the movie they say that he's his former coach. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it's still like, mm. it's such a late intro, such a late entry into the yeah. story, and he doesn't yeah, yeah. actually, other than sort of saying spouting some really bad cliched Christian lines. Um, he doesn't really do anything. Like, so, yeah, he's, um, what is it? He's like, uh, more than anything, I'm just proud of the fact that you've learned how to win the big one. And then oh Coach Taylor's gosh. like, we haven't even played them yet because he thinks, of it. naturally he thinks he's, about, he's talking about the big one being um, the state finals that we're about to play and hopefully win. Um, but he's like, yeah, we haven't even played them. And he's like, oh, you won the big one when you accepted Christ. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, obviously that's what he meant. That's like the like, sort of line that would today get used ironically in like yeah. a that would get used in like a Rick and Morty episode, ironically. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, uh, Morty, you won the big one when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
<laughs> it's like it's not really fair for you to have thought that he would know what that you meant yeah. <laughs> accepting Christ when you said win the big one, given that you are in the context of about, <laughs> about to, play, to play a football like, game. <laughs> like that's just a, really not a lot of EQ on display there. Um, but then he also says um, three. The Bible says in three hundred and sixty-five times the Bible says, "Do not fear." Um, and at that point, I wrote down, God damn, shut up. <laughs> I was just like, just shut up. Just stop. It's so annoying. Like, it's, I mean, okay, or maybe in 2006, that wasn't a cliche to the extent that it is now. Oh. The Bible is, is at least 6,000 years old. So the Bible is at least 6,000 years old. So that's been a cliche for as long as the Bible has been around, which is 6,000 years. <laughs> mm. That joke landed really well. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it needs some work. Anyway, anyway. That, that's for the young earth creationists out there. <laughs> that's for my homies, the true believers. Yeah. yeah. How did you guys enjoy the sermon of the uh, oh the black coach? By the way, his name is JT. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. um, he gave to name. David about uh, the path, <laughs> the path, what the wider path oh, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the narrow oh, path. Oh my gosh! Could you guys explain that? Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, at one point during practice, they are struggling to. No, it is David who's the character the we kid. referenced before, the soccer kid, who is. Uh, very much an amateur at football, hasn't has doesn't have much experience. And so he's practicing his like goal kicking and uh I'm just gonna he's call terrible. him Michael is and he's not good. And so and so Michael, which is the only name a black character can have in a Kendrick Brothers film. I think it's JT, um, right? JT, is JT. JT. Okay, fine. J- so JT JT just starts going on this like totally I like legitimately can't tell if it's meant to be a bit or if it's like actual <laughs> spiritual advice. Where he starts like quoting um the part in like Whichever wide is the wide is the path yeah, that, leads the path that leads to destruction and narrow is the path that leads to eternal life or whatever. <laughs> yeah, narrow is the way and, and few who find it, but those who yeah. get to the end will have their reward. And it's just like this whole thing is like how kicking a goal is a metaphor for living a holy, pure life for our Lord Jesus Christ. And but, yeah. it was just I couldn't tell if he was taking the piss or not. Well, so here's the thing, because the he's trying to he's trying to pep talk him and mm. motivate this kid to 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 be able to kick the goal right to get it in between the posts right so he's making a metaphor between like yeah wide is the path that leads to destruction narrow is the path that leads to eternal life and in the same way that you it, you have to kick the ball in between the posts anyone can kick it to the left or the right <laughs> my, my, grandma. my yeah <laughs> my mama can kick it to the to the far left um but you've got a uh, you got a, the only way to get your reward is to send the ball through the middle and um and s- somehow this is meant to inspire him cuz i was just like okay so essentially he tells him that the ball has to go <laughs> in the goal like it has to go in between the posts. I'm like, how is this supposed to help him? There's no new information in that. Like, I'm pretty, I think he already knew that. Like, it doesn't really. So, I, like, there's there seems to be a couple of points. I noticed that people just tell this David kid incredibly obvious things, so and I'm like. Um, 
like uh, yeah. So the 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 morning of the um the state championship, the wheelchair dad guy, who's David's dad, he um he comes out into the living room and he's like, "Do you realize you're playing for the state championship tonight?" <laughs> I was like, why does, why does everyone keep telling the soccer kid the most obvious facts? Like, do they all think that he's like mentally disabled and they just sort of they just. <laughs> keep him up to speed like okay now, are you aware David, you're playing you're playing state tonight okay so you well need to done. kick the ball between, between the two the big post. sticks you kick it with your foot you kick the or- the oval good david like, good this poor boy. this poor kid for some reason everyone thinks he's an idiot i mean he like... is because he plays soccer in the south soccer because he's well, soccer that is a fair basis i think i mean i must soccer say for someone south. who's really good at soccer apparently he is really bad at kicking a football <laughs> like i feel like i could kick it better than he does <laughs> when he first starts like it's really bad um, yeah, we are just bashing on a 15-year-old kid, man. No, <laughs> I mean, as in, I feel like that's unrealistically bad. Like, yeah. I don't think a, kid, a 15-year-old kid would be that bad if he's actually good at soccer. Mm. But, oh, well, whatever. Who cares? Oh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> Speaking of bashing on people for their age, uh, in the in the finals the old game... <laughs> oh, I have to think about old wheelchair guy. But in the finals game, uh, they occasionally will cut to a huddle between the opposing team, the Giants, and... I would occasionally look at some of the players in the background and I swear that there were some like 30, 40 year old men, gigantic men just wearing helmets playing in a high school game. There's like a dude with a mustache in there with the helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would be because they wanted them to look big and everything. Hmm. <laughs> um, another, another thing... Going back to old uh, wheelchair wheelchair granddad, as I called him, because I didn't realize he was his dad until like the end of the movie, where he was like, "Dad," I was like, "Oh, whoa!" <laughs> um, so for in the at the end of the movie, every time David takes a kick in the movie, wheelchair dad will be sitting on the sidelines and he'll put his hands up, both his hands up to kind of signal his son to make the kick or whatever. I thought that was, like, to signal, like, it has to be in between. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> between the posts. Between the posts. <laughs> Please. Please, for the love of God. Get <laughs> it between them this time. Because <laughs> he stands inexplicably as well. He always has to stand up when he does this. At, like, immense physical pain. It, like, it seems like so he has like atrophy in his legs or something, but he's still able to stand. Oh yeah, that was one of the other like unintentionally really funny scenes. Is during the state playoff, he like wheels himself to the end, like on the gate on the other side of the end zone. So like he's behind the goalposts, and he does he stands up and he does this, and some like this like guy who's like concerned because he's watching a man in a wheelchair get out of his wheelchair. He says like, "Hey man, uh, are you okay? Do you need help?" He's like, "Don't touch me!" And it's just like so unprovoked because this is in the grand final like this is for the winning kick like the kick that will win the win or lose the game and so yeah. his dad is like oh, i'm gonna go and like send up and like and it's kind of a thing of like you know i took it as like a i'm gonna show him that you know if it's just like 
don't let your beliefs about yourself limit yourself. I believe that I can, if I, if I can stand up, you can kick this goal sort mm. of thing. Yeah. But, and, and so he's standing at, at the end, like at the end of the field, like behind the goalpost, like standing up, doing the thing with his hands. And, um, but like at no point does it show David seeing his dad and like being inspired by that. And I was like, did this dad go to all this trouble? And like the kid doesn't even see him and he just gets the goal anyway. Like yeah, yeah. he gets the goal after the game they're chatting and they're like, oh, I'm so proud of you, son. And it's like, yeah, thanks, dad. Hey, where were you? I looked out in the bleachers and I couldn't see. I looked in the wheelchair section. You weren't there. Did you catch the game at all? He's like, yeah, son, I was down the. No, no, I, I didn't see you at all. But so no, 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 he's he dumb. He's blind now. Yeah, he's, he's blind as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's like, yeah, Dad, I was like 60 yards behind that line. I don't know. I kicked a 50-yard <laughs> field goal. My eyesight isn't that good. You know what 2020 means? It means I can see 20 yards at the side of 20 things, okay? Oh, so that's um, what a yard means. Yeah, it's, uh, okay, it's I'm, one I'm twentieth of, of an eyesight. Thing. A yard is a twentieth okay, oh, of an eyesight. <laughs> oh, that's the speed of lights. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, and were you like halfway between a point? Uh, we were... Not not a very pertinent point, but every every so there's a lot of shots of wheelchair dad putting his hands up and like gesturing to his son, but his son not really responding to him. Which oh. and I, I was that just kind of took me out of the movie because I wondered what the filming process was like for wheelchair dad. It's like a director yelling at him like, "All right, wheel over a little bit to the left, put your hands up. Your son's about to make a kick." All right, now wheel over to the right. Put your hands up again. He's about to make another kick. And you you got to look a little more concerned for this one. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, I... He, so the wheelchair dad was... I found he was sort of the closest thing to, like, Miss Clara from War Room. Mm. Like, he mm. was just the, the sage. He was he was just a wisdom dispenser. Um, <laughs> and and I was... I wrote down, no wonder he's such a sage. He's so old. Um, <laughs> he's just... It's never explained why he's in a wheelchair. It's also never explained why he's so old. Like, for, for with, like, this 15-year-old kid. And there's no mum around. It's like, I would have I would have enjoyed more backstory mm. there. Like, I think it would have been a better movie if they made time for that, if they focused in on on that a bit more. But they, they did not. Son, I had you when I was 95. <laughs> so you're 16. I, I read Genesis, and I was just so inspired by the prophets and the patriarchs who would have kids at the age of 210. Now, I couldn't wait that long, but I decided to wait till I was 95 to have you. And now I'm See, at the ripe old age of 150. Don't let your beliefs limit you. You can have a kid at 95. Amen. It happened for and Abraham. You can kick, it you can kick that goal. Kick that the only ball. thing you can't do is walk, though. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe stand, but not walk. You can stand, but you can't walk. Okay, so like, okay, so this thing, the, the messaging of this movie, mm. I really found confusing mm. because what was the thing that that in, that gave Coach Taylor his new inspiration. Because essentially, like, there's some guy, I feel like he's maybe a former chaplain, a former teacher, or a former, a, a guy who used to go to the school who's always in the hallways. He's an older guy who's always in the hallways praying. Maybe he is the chaplain, I don't know, I don't care. Um, he, uh, and he's... And he's always walking around with a Bible and just praying in the, in the, in the halls. And um, right at the like moment... 
Right, yeah, right at the moment when Coach Taylor needs is he's at the end of his rope. This dude walks in and and reads him this Bible verse from Revelation that says something, and essentially. Uh, they have this conversation and, and he says, God will send the rain when he's ready. You need to prepare your field to receive it. And then he very suddenly walks away um, and it's like a mic drop moment. Um, I didn't remember oof. that rain metaphor. I remembered a lot of you door metaphors. The what metaphor? Like door metaphors. Like the there's guy an, yeah, there's like, the opening. God opens a door yeah. that no one can shut and everything. So that's the Bible verse he reads from Revelation. But then, but then Coach Taylor follows him out and like talks to him a bit more and says, you know, I, God isn't, you know, doesn't seem to be doing anything. And then, and, um, and he gives a, an, an analogy of a, a story of like two farmers pray for rain, but one of them goes and prepares his field, uh, for, for harvest. And the other one doesn't, um, which one of them do you think had faith for rain? And it's the one who went and prepared his field. You're not remembering this, Tristan? I must have zoned out during that. I think you zoned out. It definitely happened. I must have gone up and made a snack or something. But that seems like, but basically the guy says, you know, God will send the rain when he's ready. You need to prepare your field to receive it. And it's like, that's, that seemed like the the thing that sort of where the penny dropped for him. And he's like, okay, I'm going to, but so then, but it's just sort of, but then the next thing he's like talking to his, he's like at training with his football team and he start and he has this massive sort of, you know, pep talk thing of like, okay, what is the purpose of this football team? Cause he's gone home. He's been writing notes and like sort of almost preparing sermons for his football team. And he's like, you know, and, there's a really um, funny shot where it just says, what is the purpose of football? Just at the top of a piece of paper with nothing else. And it's just yeah. like, that's a great question. What is the purpose of football? I don't know. <laughs> and but so like he's like and and the moment he said that when he's like what's he asked the team he's like what's the purpose of this football team I wrote down please don't say our main goal is to glorify God please don't say our main goal is to glorify God and turns out that is exactly what he said it's exactly. like basically our, our goal is like everything else in like it's a it's a glorify God and I mean that's you know it's a totally healthy message like mm. yes that is like that is the goal in everything mm. he says like if we win every game and we miss that we we've done nothing uh and then he also throws in you know a token line of god sent his son jesus to die for us so that we can live for him um and uh and he says i've i've resolved to give god everything i've got then i'll leave the results up to him and that seems to be sort of the the the, the main crux like give god everything you've got leave the results up to him and like, if we win, we praise him. If we lose, we praise him is another mm. quote. And it's like, I don't know. I'm just like, what's the sort of the, the core of this? Which of these See, multiple co mm. quotes is the core? Because none of it at any point in the movie seems to be sort of the core thing. Because also, because there's also this thing where um, he, he sort of points out that football is not everything like, mm. which I, you know, totally uh, agree with like, and that's very healthy. I'm really glad the movie said that, you know, football, like it's, you know, if we win then, but we don't glorify God, that's, we've done nothing. But then, and so it's like, okay, the goal is not just to play football for football's sake. Um, football isn't everything. It's about God. But then, uh, but then like, by the end of the film, it's like, you know, look at what God did. 
he won us this foot. He gave us this <laughs> victory in football. And it seems like it is all about football. Like well, the thing, the, the goal is mm. to, to win. And that's what God gave you is like, he, yes, look what God did. He gave you this miracle, miracle uh, goal that you scored by kicking it. Mm. And like, um, and it's just like, wait, so what is the, po- what is the purpose of football? <laughs> like Alex Kendrick? I don't know what you think it is. I'm, I found it yeah, a bit, have, of a, okay, bit messy. I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts. And I think that honestly, it's what makes this film more sophisticated than any of the other. And like probably more meaningful and it probably has something to do with the fact that it, it is a genre film. It's that it doesn't have a central message like the other films do. It doesn't have, like, a fireproof, never leave your buddy behind in a fire. It doesn't have a war room. You need to fight your battles behind closed doors. It Like, it's it's about a guy who has to overcome a real-world problem, and he has to do it with the help of his lord and god. Mm. And he does that in by using all aspects of his of his faith and all aspects of the faith um Mm. that he presents and i think that's honestly probably i think that's far more helpful and meaningful and edifying than any like silver bullet theological point that's just like a, a book regurgitated onto the screen um and I think yeah, that, like, yeah, I I personally, it's definitely not perfect, but I think that it actually, um, I think that it's more just, it's, it actually tells a good story about a realistic complication and, and an unrealistic, and an unrealistic, <laughs> where essentially everything just starts getting better everything starts for getting no better. apparent reason. Like, yeah, all the kids start doing really well in their exams and everything. Mm. But like, I mean. Well, so I no, I thought about what you said, Tristan, like because mm. I, I was thinking, okay, well, I was complaining so hard about War Room and Fireproof having just painstakingly clear messaging to a fault, to the point mm. where it was just, this is not even a movie, this is a sermon. And in this movie, okay, how can I complain about this movie not having a clear enough message? And I think the thing is that it's not so much about the message to us, the audience, but what I, what I wanted from the film was a clearer um, character development arc in the ca- in the main character for him, like for the main character. What is the lie that he believed that he had to um, break? Like, what was the what was the choice that he had to make? What was the um, the you know the thing that the internal struggle that he had to overcome mm. and i didn't find that there was a any clarity on that and i thought that like from a purely from a storytelling perspective mm. like dis- disregarding anything about direct uh, messages that are sort of aimed at the audience but just from a storytelling perspective internally to the story and for the the character himself i found his like yeah the mm. motivations and and his his internal uh, arc, yeah, mm. messy and confusing and not clear. Um, but, yeah, mm. I mean... Yeah, it, it felt like he just... A switch flipped yeah, after that yeah, chaplain guy walked in. He's like, like, he was like, the main character's like, oh, no, I can't have kids. My car breaks down. They're going to oust me from my job. My team sucks. And then chaplain walks in, flip, switch flipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Proceed to, yeah, and he sort victory. of starts trying harder, and uh, 
and God also seems to start trying harder. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's this montage, right, where, where there's a third day song playing and uh, I just wrote down montage of bunch of kids magically getting better at everything um, <laughs> because, like, they start getting... This dude who is getting, like, like 59 or 57 in, in, in exams is now getting 100% in his exams and, like... Um, kids are just getting saved and having prayer meetings on the football team and like, and then is, oh, I want to talk about the, and he gets a car and, it, and they're winning mm. games. I also want to talk, I want to talk at some point about the, uh, the, the wife getting pregnant thing. That is funny. I thought that was hilarious. Before we move on to that though, I do have some thoughts, um, about that. I feel as though his story arc, um, what's his name? The, you know, old mate, Alex Kendrick, uh, mm-hmm. Grant Taylor, Grant Taylor's story arc. I think that his real thing is like if every other, um, what's it called? Kendrick brothers thing is like a book on marriage or it's a book on, uh, mm. what was the other one? Prayer. On prayer. Right. It's like, okay, this is the Timothy Keller book on prayer. This is the Timothy Keller book on marriage that we've just regurgitated quite poorly into a film. This is probably like the purpose driven life turned <laughs> into a film. Yeah. It's probably like, like the, the main switch that happens is that he trusts in God with all his heart and everything. Whereas prior mm. to that, at least this is my understanding is that, he was just kind of sorry for himself and really just had no hope and he had no, like, trust in God to take him out of the situation that he was in. Um, whereas after he... Oh, and I looked it up. On According to Wikipedia, it is the former high school football coach. It was the former coach, um, not the chaplain, I was mistaken. Um, mm. And so it's when the, the former coach comes in and sort of uh, preaches to him uh, that he, he, yeah, has that moment of revelation, that moment of clarity where he, where he starts to trust in God. And I think that that's kind of the idea. And because when he writes down his whole philosophy of football and he shows it to his wife, his wife is like, well, this can apply to anything, not just yeah. football. Um, <laughs> and I think, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate the, the, the respect to my Georgian accent. Um, but yeah, and I think that that's kind of the, that's kind of the main thing is that it's like, it's him actually being serious about his faith. Um, yeah, but because it seems he like needs he... to because he's in a crisis where his life is so yeah. crap that he comes to the end of himself and then has this moment of where he needs redemption. Yeah, like I think it's there. It's just not sort of. I, was, it, I felt like it wasn't quite massaged as much oh, as yeah, it could have been. It wasn't well done. It definitely wasn't mm. well done. Yeah, but I thought it was there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was there, just, yeah, it just wasn't sort of put into a more mm. coherent sort of yeah. form. Here's a question. What do you think would have made this film much better than it was? Like, what improvements Oof. could Oof. you make? Uh, I think going back to, to what we just talked about with that 180 switch, mm. where mm. he goes from uh, life sucks to I have purpose with everything, if they had taken a bit more time... Yeah, with that personal journey, I think it would have 
Also, also a bit less time with the 30 minutes of setup that it took to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. that, it, took, it happened like half an hour and I was like, man, I'm waiting for this movie to go it's somewhere. Like, I get it. You're really infertile. You're really, yeah. You you're have really, no sperm And I was all. just like, does this guy get paid like commission for when he wins games or something? Because he is so poor. And I'm like... <laughs> You got a full-time job. Why are you it's so It's a teacher's poor? salary, man. Teachers but make like, bubkis. But he's a football coach in the South, so I'm like, why wouldn't they give him oh, more money? But, none of, the, but none of the other teachers seem to be this poor. Like, he seems like the all the other teachers seem to have a car that works. Like, mm. why can't he make it, like, it seems... Presumably higher sperm counts as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Just, <laughs> He's so poor. Yeah. <laughs> he really doesn't. He really does not have it all. He, he doesn't really have... doesn't trust God with his finances. This man does not tithe. <laughs> Clearly. This man does not believe I mean, for yeah, if he just tithed, security. he'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, if he just went to Tambourine Sunday for financial revival. <laughs> if he just yeah. went to a single Dave Ramsey talk, he could have he, so much more money. And if he tithed some of his <laughs> sperm, he'd also have, he'd be he'd fertile. He'd get sperm back. <laughs> God can do way more with ninety percent of his sperm than he can do. <laughs> I wanted to make that joke so bad. I'm kind of borderline. Like, do we need to cut that, or do we not need to cut that? I really that? don't want to cut that. We'll see how I feel oh, at the end of the day. Well, but um, <laughs> but speaking of that, I wanted to talk about the thing about how she gets pregnant. So like, the like obviously early on in the movie, it's clear that she can't get pregnant, and then. And then he finds out that the reason she can't be pregnant is because he he is the infertile one, and so he feels like he's failing as a man and all of that stuff. Mm. And then uh, late in the movie, like sort of just before the the, I th- so okay, so what happens is they they're in the playoffs to get into the the state final, and they lose that game, and so they're not in the state final. But then the next day they find out that the team they played had cheated because they had like mm. players who were ni- nineteen years old or something and so on that technicality they're actually they they won and so they are in the state final um and so then like a couple of scenes later this uh the uh, coach taylor's wife uh she's got morning she thinks she might be pregnant she got morning sickness or something goes to the doctor's office to get tested and then it shows her like um they tell her that she's she's not pregnant um and i just uh i just wrote down um I can't wait to also find out that she actually is pregnant on a technicality because the pregnancy test got caught cheating. <laughs> um, and, uh, would you believe? And then I was, oh my god, that's actually <laughs> what happened. Like, like literally, there isn't even like a. It's just the next thing that happens is the doctor goes back in, and then there's like this. There's sad music playing, and there's mm. the, like there's inaudible discussion between the doctors and oh, she yeah. comes out but, and, and be- like, but, but right before that happens just to show you that she deserves to have a kid she says god <laughs> i oh, know yeah. that it's not your if it's not your will for me to have a kid then i will praise you and i will yeah. worship you regardless and then yeah. then at that point the nurse comes out and is like yes oh i'm sorry lovely i mixed up the paperwork and you're actually yeah. gonna be a mother yeehaw y'all yeah, I was just like, what a pointless complication. <laughs> like, right. that could have, she could have just gone 
to the mm. doctors and found out that she's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that, it really didn't add anything to the movie. The, oh, no, what it added was that it, it had to characterize her as having yeah. a faith that is happy yeah. even in the face of defeat. Yeah, to show that it was genuine, that it was happy even if, yeah, it wasn't the good news that they wanted. Yeah. Which I get, like, I get that, but it's just so cliche and hacky. Yeah. Also, I would like to point out that before I I said that this is like the screen adaptation for the purpose-driven life, or probably the closest (laughs) approximation to it, Kurong actually gives the purpose driven life a lower score than this movie. <laughs> Kurong gives the purpose driven life a four out of five, as opposed to a uh, five out of five. That's because of all the John MacArthur readers. That's in it. Kurong. All the reformed Kurong yeah. people. Fair enough. <laughs> um, sh- should we get into writing segments? I mean, yeah. uh, oh, there was one. Oh, so there was one more scene that I di- that I thought was geninely good. Like and it was a, a a comedy scene that I thought was, was genuinely it with the two good. assistant coaches. Yes, where they're talking about like so it's like some guy called Schultz Lindbergh or something wants to call and he wants to talk to you, and then um and the and then the fir- the the white assistant coach is like Lindbergh isn't that that cartoonist and they're like no that's Ch-. and like um. And uh, Coach Taylor's gone off into the other room, but he can hear them saying, and he's like, he keeps correcting them, like, no, that's Charles Lindbergh. And then, and then the black guy's like, isn't Charles Lindbergh? That's something, something. And then there's, and Coach Taylor's like, no, that's blah, 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 Lindbergh. And like, it just keeps going. They're like, isn't that guy that, and Coach Taylor keeps, and then it becomes apparent. They're just trolling. Yeah, and it gets to the, and like, and it gets to the point where uh, the, he's like, um, isn't uh isn't Lindbergh that that uh that blimp that blew up and killed all those people? <laughs> yeah. and, and then at that point, like Coach Taylor comes back and he's like, "That's the Hindenburg," <laughs> and like, and it's just like, oh, they're just trolling him. <laughs> it was like genuinely funny. It was good it was comedy. So much, so much better than like all the attempts at that type of comedy in Fireproof, mm. which has a bunch of that of stuff that's attempting yeah, that, to like, do that and failing. The shower scene from Fireproof. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I this was really laughed. funny. I legitimately <laughs> laughed at that scene. I know you did, but you were wrong to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand by it. Whereas in this, like that scene was genuinely funny, and I genuinely, I actually thought the um, the black dude was he was he was a funny. He had a lot of like charisma. He was a very charismatic, watchable actor. I I enjoyed him a lot. (laughs) He's definitely the the star. All right, he he was good. Good. Um, Let's do our standard rating segments. Mm -hmm. So rating segment number one: the salvation test. Mm -hmm. Does a character realize they're a sinner in need of a savior who is Jesus? And do they find that out by the process of an evangelistic conversation? Boy, do they. Do they? Yeah, the kid. The kid. Yeah. Yes. But it's it's sort of like... it's off screen. Yeah, he gets saved off screen, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, But then he comes up to Coach Taylor. He comes up to Coach Taylor. This is the middle of the school day, right? He's just gotten saved on that day. And he... um, um, he says to coach, he's like, um, Hey, I've, I, I need to talk to my dad. I'd like to go see, because like the background is he's been like disrespectful to his father and coach Taylor has been telling him you need, you need to be respectful to your dad, even if you don't like the way he is to. And, um, and so Matt's like to coach, I need to talk to my dad. I'd like to go see him. And I was like, I'd just be like, yeah, you have all night to do that when you t- tonight, 
after school, go to maths class. <laughs> but like, but it's like, cause Toach Taylor's like, yeah, I'll drive you to his office now right to now. go and yeah. tell him that, uh, and he's like, and he meets him in his office. Like I got right with God today. And I want to say that from now on, I'll respect your authority. Whatever you say goes, um, it's like, yeah, some good, good, wholesome Southern value, family yeah. values right there. Uh, and then they all yeah. drank some delicious iced tea together. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, uh, it was like, stay in school, go to class, you, you punk. <laughs> like, um, that conversation with your dad can wait till like dinner time. But mm. anyway, he gets saved, but it is off screen. So it's, hmm. uh, yeah. um, it's I not. Mean, it's not your. It's not like fireproof. Supposedly gets saved off screen. Yeah, <laughs> it's a revival meeting. Yeah, the entire school. Just such a and also, plot like device. I will say, I just appreciated that the main character, Coach Taylor, like he, at the beginning of the movie, he's definitely Christian. He's not like lukewarm, mm. and I appreciated that. Like he knew his Bible. He was a church. Like mm. he. So it wasn't a case of like in in uh war room where she's actually just they go but they're totally lukewarm really no relationship with her. and we're in fireproof where he's just a total heathen yep. um but in this it's like okay here's a guy who is christian but his life's not going well imagine that mm. um and i yeah i appreciate it yeah yeah I get, like, there's a lot of things that the Kendrick brothers got right here that they just proceeded to get wrong in the yeah. rest of their career so maybe their best movie is actually Flywheel, their, their very first attempt at a movie. Maybe. Uh, which none of us have seen. It's probably because... Sounds like a horror there's movie. A very, there's a very common uh, trend in, in like Hollywood, typically. Um, I don't I think it's called the George Lucas effect. It also, I think, more recently also applies to Quentin Tarantino. It's when like a director or just a talent gets so big, typically a director, um, that usually the people who they have around them to tell them, eh, maybe don't do this really weird yeah. nonsense thing. Um, they stop being able to have any influence because this person is just like, yeah, yeah screw you, I'm yes bigger man. than anything. I'm the biggest name yeah. in Hollywood. I can do whatever the hell yeah. I want. I'm an artist. And then yeah. their movies become worse as a result because they don't have any yeah. checks mm. and balances to like actually tell And it's understandable no. how after the success of... Uh, facing the giants, uh, the Kendrick brothers would say that I'm the biggest name yeah, in Hollywood. I am the god yeah. of this town. <laughs> I am the lord and savior of Christian films. I'm the biggest name in Albany, Georgia film industry. Uh, you respect possible. my authority. What are these fat stacks I made? I made uh, nine million dollars off a of war room for the, <laughs> the the youth detention center. I mean, youth, youth center. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> Blue lives matter, y'all. <laughs> but so anyway, I think anyway, it, uh, it's sort of a it's soft a pass yeah. soft on pass. the on the on the salvation on, test. As a, as a quick aside, so this movie made a profit, and I've been every movie we review, I mm. talk about how a movie, a Christian movie, only makes a profit <laughs> if it's with if, if it's without honor in its hometown. If it's without honor, <laughs> it's uh, if there are two characters, that was a if, quality pun. Thank you, thank you. Uh, if two, if. A movie doesn't make a profit if non-married characters kiss mm. on screen. Mm. I don't think anyone kisses in this movie, to memory. I don't think so. Definitely no, no, no definitely no unmarried 
couples. Yeah. Maybe there might have been like a I don't think anyone between like the main character kisses. and his wife. Yeah. Maybe there's, there's, a there's apparently a some off screen. There's definitely got to be some off screen sex happening. Whoa! In order for that baby to no, whoa, it's whoa, divine whoa. conception. Whoa, no. What the heck <laughs> no. are you on about? There's no sex. Uh, the angel Gabriel. Disgusting. He came down. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, next one we got the way of the master test. Mm. Lachlan. The Way of the Master Test asks, does an atheist character unwittingly talk themselves into a trap of their own logic, revealing the bankruptcy of their own worldview? For bonus points, in doing so, do do they also, in an impassioned outburst, accidentally betray their true underlying psychology, which is that they hate God and people? Um, I I think it's a a fail. It's a fail. Thankfully. Thankfully, yeah. Don't think there are even any atheists. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's in Georgia. Really. There aren't any atheists in Georgia. There's well, the two exactly. places there are no it's, atheists. Foxholes a, and Georgia. <laughs> it's a lot like how we were talking about um, in the Ben-Hur episode, how mm. in, there were no atheists in Jerusalem in, in 30 yeah, AD. Yeah, because there are no atheists. Yet. There are no atheists in Georgia in 2006 AD yeah. because uh, they haven't been invented yet yeah, in Georgia. They haven't heard of atheism yet. Yeah. Friedrich Nietzsche wasn't born the inventor of atheism. <laughs> um, cool. All right, next one, we got the Bechdel test. Ah. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement that the two women must be named is also sometimes added. Ha! This no. is a football movie from 2006. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? A I don't even think this has two female from... named characters. Well... So there is the um, there is the wife at the doctor's office finding out that she isn't pregnant and then that she is pregnant, like maybe technically, but that's also that's pretty that's completely related to the the plot of a man. Yep. Um, completely related. Also, you don't even hear them have a conversation. You just see them have an inaudible yeah. conversation <laughs> while yeah. soft piano yeah, music plays in the background. Well, presumably that's because this was going to be screened at church and women are to remain silent in the church. Of course. Uh, yeah. You know what? That's just bumped my score for this movie up like 10 points, <laughs> the fact that women aren't... <laughs> Cut that. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I yeah, anyway, I think it's fail. a fail, isn't it? That's a that's a oh, hard man. fail. We need to keep track of like how many. We need to actually get the stats on this. Like how many of these movies actually pass? The, how many Christian movies actually pass the Bechdel yeah. test? So, For all of the super fans of the God's Not Watching podcast, uh, email us and let us know. Yeah, someone else so that do we that don't have to re-listen to our own work. I don't know why but you, you should. Do. You will. You, you will really should, enjoy. Because you're you'll stupid really enjoy for it. listening to this. I don't. I wouldn't listen to this. I would, <laughs> but I wouldn't expect any of my friends to. But they do. I don't know why. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> anyway, uh, join the movement test. Does the film have a call to action in the end credits? Um, not. It kind of does. So at mm. the very end, it says in all capital letters, "Face your giants." <laughs> Yeah, piss off people with gigantism. Punch <laughs> <laughs> a giant today. Hagrid, Andre, doesn't matter. <laughs> Leave Hagrid alone. Sock him. Just suck him right, right in the jaw. stupid 10 foot tall jaw. <laughs> right, so yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not on the level of, of, hey, get out your phone and text, text everyone. everyone. God's, God's not, not dead. dead. Goliath is dead. Oh. <sighs> 
Oh. Just text everyone, face your, face your giants. Yeah. So it's not a call. Well, it's, it is a call to action, in a, but, it, but it's a, not in such a yeah. clear way. Yeah. 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 It's a soft, yeah, soft pass. So the message of the film is to face your giants. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next one is the resource, not product, placement test. Is the plot of the film centered around a book or product of some kind that exists in the real world? In particular, does the release of the product coincide with the release of the film? No. Don't think so. I think the Kendrick Brothers might have a Facing the Giants book, oh, I'm but sure it wasn't there's a novelization. Mm. I'm sure there would be a novelization. But, uh. Surely. Dutton's not featured in the movie. There's, yeah. no, there's no ads for any, like, this book is coming out. In the in the credits, there's no sort of hey, this book's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I fail. I'm pretty sure there's Wilson branded footballs in the movie. Face your Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> Throw a w- I like how they're not. Are they actually called Wilson? I think so. Oh no, I was getting confused. That's with an the, existing I was getting brand. Confused with the uh, the joke in Madagascar where they call it Spalding. <laughs> They're trying to do a castaway joke, but they, they call it Ah Spalding and my only friend left. <laughs> uh, that's great. I've com- man, I haven't seen that movie in way too long. Uh, it's okay. It's it's the years haven't been kind to it. Yeah. So I so haven't seen that movie in the right amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> Madagascar is the black face of DreamWorks films. You heard it here first. <laughs> Oh. Uh, all right. Uh, next, next thing we rate this movie on is its soundtrack. Mm. God's not listening. How was the soundtrack? Awful. Bad. Very, very bad. Oh, very two thousand. There were so many Christian more, contemporary. More, so much yeah, country. More third, more third day songs than you can probably stick out. Like, yeah. I think it Reliant was just so two thousand, so two thousand and six in yeah. its CCM music. Um, mm. Where it was all very, it was almost like Nickelback. Everything sounds like Nickelback, but it's Christian. Christian back. Yeah, like so, and cross. montages. <laughs> uh, Jay, what did you back. think of the soundtrack? <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. I always associate CCM with uh, Leland. So I was like, yeah, look, Leland. Leland wasn't really prominent back then. So that whole cheesy CCM thing. Like wasn't really going on. I think back then it was still like yeah, the good old Reliant K that day, mm. just rock outfit. So what's the other one? Ah, oh, forgot. Yeah, I was back then. It was all like Christian rock bands. Yeah, Reliant K was the other one that was that I knew, noticed. Yeah. Bad. 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 I mean the uh the, the like the the you know the score as opposed to the soundtrack. I think. Uh, English brainiac. <laughs> What? <laughs> you and your uh, you English and your fancy nerd. mumbo jumbo. <laughs> We're not all so big a, So brands. a soundtrack is when they take existing songs and put them in the movie. A score is when music is composed for the movie, and the score was yeah, it wasn't 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 shockingly bad. Wasn't good. I don't remember. How it, it was I don't used it was pretty bad. It was just yeah. generic. It's probably really royalty free piano not, sound five. Yeah. Not God's Not Dead bad? Yeah. Pretty that's, bad. That was so bad. Uh, did anyone have any favorite quotes? Don't touch me. That's my favorite quote. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite quote. Yes. That was oh, um, oh. oh, gosh. <laughs> Lord, you. Yeah. 
Mine was mine were definitely um, Lord, you've given me a truck. You write a song about my that. Testimony to be. <laughs> be the next big hit at Country also, Music Awards. There was another bit where um, <laughs> Lord, so when Coach Taylor finds out he's a dad after he's just oh, one. I, I was gonna say that's my least favorite quote. That that one that one made me audibly go. Oh, is it the one that like yeah, so the one I'm daddy. thinking of is. Like so, they're in the living room, and he like oh, she's like so in tears. He's in tears, and he's just found. She's just told him that he he's finally a dad. They've got a kid, and he says, "Oh God, I'm overwhelmed." <laughs> and it's oh like, no, that's not the one I was thinking of. No, so so just before that, she she oh, she turns to yeah. him and she's yeah. like, "You made the team, <laughs> the daddy team." You made the and daddy I'm just team. Like, oh. Yeah, that was that was pretty cheesy. But I thought the bit where he just says, "Oh God, I'm overwhelmed." I just thought that was like, (laughs) it's like relatable. Tell, Uh, don't show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like there was just like that was a screen instruction, like in the script. Be overwhelmed, and he's like, "Ah, I'm overwhelmed." Yeah, like how can we how can we convey a sense that the main character here is overwhelmed? Oh, why don't we have him say, "I'm overwhelmed." That's a good. That's, if it works, it works. It's like how how Unreliable do we convey that, that he's how do we convey that he is amazed that God has given him a truck? You just say, "Oh Lord, you've given me a truck." <laughs> just quickly, the exposition in this film oh, is that like this film also just uh, what's the word gratuitous use of uh, news reporter exposition. Not to be confused with Newsboy oh, Exposition. Yep. Or it's just yep. like any time they had to establish something new, they would just put it on like yep. local news, which like yep. looked sufficiently green screened enough to be like local news in the South. Yeah. Um, but that's something to and, look um, out for if you watch this film. It is. And one of those news reporters is played <gasps> by Caleb's wife from Fireproof. That's who it was. That's yep. the role she Ooh. had. Yeah. Dang. That was it's all connected. That, it's all connected. That, just like Australian movies. Yeah, this kind of, or, or any English it's just movie. Just a very or small show. Yeah, it's yeah. a very small. There's like pool 40 actors. actors. Yeah. That's all. Cool. All right. Uh, next segment is what what rules were would you have for a drinking game to this movie? Every time they tell David to kick do not fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they tell some, David something really yeah. obvious. Anytime David's 1,000 year old dad puts his hands up in the sign of the ghost. I was going to say, anytime he stands up, like finish your drink. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be a good one. Um, anytime Coach Taylor talks about his car, take a drink. Mm. Anytime Coach Taylor mentions that his house stinks, take a drink. Take a drink. <laughs> Anytime anyone says the word Shiloh, take a drink. Gosh. Anytime there's a reference to how poor they are, take mm-hmm. a drink. <laughs> Just take a drink. Like, anytime... Uh, something really good happens to the main character. Like anytime things just going so well. Yeah, anytime there's a, a reversal drink. of fortune, take a drink. That's a good yeah. one. I like that. Just take a drink for the entire. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, waterfall during the entire um, state final. Assist. 
No, no, not that long. Uh, for the entire, like, the assistant, the two assistant coaches trolling the um, trolling coach Taylor scene, just waterfall for that scene. That's such a, a good, good time. scene. It's a good, good scene. scene. Waterfall for the entirety of the um, the the drill <laughs> thing that that the quarterback has to do for the entirety of him having to like drag his uh, carry his teammate on his back for a hundred yards. Waterfall oh, for that scene. The death, the death crawl. Yeah. That's it. Take a drink anytime you have no idea what's going on in the football game yep. because it's really unclear. <laughs> Finish your drink at the end of every montage. Oof. Drink a drink anytime someone gets tackled. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> oh, oh, I that didn't make it. Oh, the so. football in this movie really... football, take a drink. <laughs> football. The football in this movie was, like, pretty subpar. Like, it, it was better than I would expect... But there, like I feel like especially in the last game, there was just like there's a bit where in like they're in the last quarter and it's like we we can't out strong them, <laughs> uh, we can't like we, we can't out big them. Well, I don't know what, it is, but we can outsmart them essentially. Mm. And first of all, I was like, well, probably not because they're not just big. They've won all these games. Pro- they're probably tactically really good yeah. as well. But also, there isn't really anything that they do after that that shows them outsmarting them. Yeah. Like, it wasn't... I don't know, it was just kind of vague football happening. Oh, no, there was one scene, he was like, he was like, call a timeout. Come on, coach. He was telling the other coach to call a timeout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? Anyway. Because he was out of timeouts or something. It was okay. It was... But, yeah, it was nothing. Oh, I've got one. Anytime David makes a reference to how far he can kick a field goal, take a drink. <laughs> and kick he makes a repeated reference. I can only kick a 30-yard field goal at best, granddad, ancient of days. <laughs> <laughs> take a drink anytime uh, wheelchair dad spouts wisdom. Oh, that's a good one. But there's a... Un- unsolicited <laughs> wisdom sermon spouting. Uh, who, who, Jay, did you say the, the who is the old dude in Noah played yeah, by Matthews, Anthony Hopkins? Matthewsah. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, I, also, <laughs> I also wrote, early on in the movie, I was just in a, in, a, in a vindictive mood. I was like, I just wrote down, if he's so smart and so Christian, why is he in a wheelchair? <laughs> <laughs> why didn't he walk at the yeah, end of the movie? Yeah, who sinned, him or his father, that he would be a yeah. cripple? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, my notes about him were just like off-brand Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, wow, that that's true. Um, so next segment is Would God Watch This? Um, I think you would. Yeah, yeah. It's a good film in the day. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I think he wouldn't not watch it, but he wouldn't watch it. You know no. what I mean? He'd if have it on, on the back. He, like, wouldn't turn, he wouldn't change the channel. Yeah, like, yeah. He, as in, he wouldn't, he wouldn't not watch it out of some principle, but he wouldn't watch it because he, he wouldn't, like, think, oh, I want to watch this. <laughs> mm. But there wouldn't be some sort of, like, thing where he's like, oh, this, this... If there was cable TV in heaven, like a Hallmark channel or something... <laughs> Oh As in, like, goodness. the other, so many of the other movies, they're propaganda. They're, they're actually, like, spreading false messages about, like, really kind of unhealthy messages, persecution complex things. And whereas this movie isn't doing that, thankfully, and it's not really, like, m- committing any, like, 
any like egregious sort of things, but uh, um, but it's not good. <laughs> it's not a good movie. Uh, so mm. I, he wouldn't not watch it, but he wouldn't like particularly watch it. Brilliant. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, uh, our final final ranking segment is the is is God dead? It's a loose wrap up about mm. how we feel about the movie. How we how we would rate this mm. movie? I give this movie ten out of a hundred sperms. <laughs> that low, huh? And that is the end of the podcast. <laughs> you give it a tithe of. Uh, I give it a tithe, tithe of my sperm count. <laughs> <laughs> the first ten, the first ten percent of my sperm that I produce in a weekly the first, the first fruits of my loins, the first of my uh, ten ejaculations I, I offer to. I the swear, Lord. when you guys get married, I'm just gonna remember the this on your wedding day. Oh if I ever gosh. get your best man speech, oh, you won't have to. You won't have to bring this up on the wedding day. It'll be in the podcast, and everyone will. Everyone have heard, will have heard this bit. I give this. I give this um. six out of a possible ten car breakdowns. <laughs> I give you one truck. Or I, don't I give know. this. I, I give, give this movie this. one truck. Um, because <laughs> it's four out of five team daddies. I give this movie um, 250 times the Bible says do not fear out of a possible 365 times. <laughs> you almost think there's an one out of two wheelchairs. <laughs> yeah. oh I was gonna say, I give this movie one wheel give, out of two no, wheels this, on a wheelchair. I give this movie one out of a possible two enthusiastic arms raised in the air during the state final. <laughs> I give this movie five hundred out of the the number the total number of years that wheelchair dad has been alive. <laughs> that's a re- that's the lowest rating we've had on this podcast for yeah. anything so far. <laughs> you can't even calculate that. It's too small. And it's so old. You need to use some numbers, in, so some letters in there, in order to calculate that accurately. It's so old, is what we're saying. So old. Older than space I give this. Uh, I give this thirty out of eighty possible football players. Yeah. Oh my god. They keep making reference. They keep. They kept making reference to the fact they had eighty like reserve football players. I'm like, surely yeah. that's an, against the code. You can only have so yeah. many people. I wasn't on a seeing team. them. Were they in the? Were they, were they at the back or something? Because I remember them saying that and yeah. me thinking, there's not. There's not eighty people on here. <laughs> They're just in the crowds. At any point, they just point yeah. to the crowds, and they're like, yeah, you, come sub in, Johnny. <laughs> Wheelchair dad rolls onto yeah. the field. He was oh playing for the Giants the whole time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the real Giants were the fears when we faced along the way. Um, well, yeah, actually, that's the <laughs> that, message of the movie. Wait, what? I give this movie a negative result out of a positive pregnancy result. Look <laughs> at this uh, one out of two babies. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, we have come to the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, is there is there anything you gentlemen wish to plug? Just God and that He's alive. Oh yeah, I would like to say that God is alive. God is most certainly alive as a result of this film. 
That, that, that's the original <laughs> intention of that segment, right? Is, is God alive or dead? We just made it a, <laughs> X out of a possible Y just for nonsense <laughs> reasons. Uh, I do have a plug, actually. I would really strongly like to plug uh, the new David Attenborough documentary, A Life on This Planet. It is a really, really brilliantly done uh, documentary. It, it's really David Attenborough's swan song. Um, it is autobiographical in a sense, but also uh, deeply like his, I suppose his final wisdom that he wants to impart to the world about the importance of biodiversity and the importance of like protecting the natural habitats within the planet. He goes into painstaking detail about the negative effects of human action on climate change and how eventually it's going to lead to human beings being completely wiping themselves off the face of the planet, uh, along with untold suffering to countless animals, uh, despite how good we've had it. And it's just, yeah, it's a really powerful watch. And also it's just, like, really just enjoyable as a nature documentary. Like, you learn things and you also get to learn a lot about David Attenborough's life. Uh, so, yeah, I would strongly encourage anyone to go watch that doco. Um, it's, yeah, really well made, really touching. Um, yeah, really made me reassess my carbon footprint. So, mm. I would recommend I would like to plug um, the, the, the show with the other Coach Taylor, <clears throat> the better Coach Taylor, which is Friday Night Lights. Honestly, it is actually one of my favorite shows. Mm. If, you, if you want to see something about high school football that's set in the south of America, Friday Night Lights is set in, in Texas. Mm in a fictional town called Dillon. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it deals with, um, it's about football, but it's really not about football. It's about just the town and like the, the, the people and the characters of this town and, and ki kids going through high school, but also it's largely from the perspective of the adults um, and them being parents and all, all the, really, it's really, I mean, it's critically acclaimed hmm. and it's just really high class drama. And, um, and coach Taylor is uh, he's uh, like, <clears throat> I've, I've learned as much about leadership from coach Taylor as from Friday night lights, as I have from my senior pastor, <laughs> Joseph Prince. Um, yeah. It, he's, 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 a, he's a, one of the most well-written characters. He's, such a great character to watch like someone being a leader in tough situations it's mm. it's just brilliant um great show please please watch it and then mm. debrief it with me speaking of great shows i'd also like to plug raised by wolves the new hbo show Hell directed yeah. by ridley scott uh he's not the showrunner but he is the main director he's now he directed the first two episodes i think yeah. Um, and he produced it. He He's produced one of the it. producers. But yeah, really brilliant. I'm only two episodes in, so I've only seen the episodes directed by Ridley Scott. <laughs> it keeps being. I've watched the whole first season, and it stays good the whole. Good to know. Ten, first, the whole ten episodes. Good to know. So watch that on HBO uh, or binge or HBO Max if you are fortunate enough to live in the states or have a VPN. Uh, we're not sponsored, mm. but if we were. Uh, we'd, we'd have be more sponsored money. by NordVPN. We'd have more money. No, we can't say. We can't give our recommendation. They need to pay, pay us first. Oh yeah. Um, oh, man. Just waiting for the Raid Shadow Legends sponsorship. <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends. And a shout out to you, the listener. We really cannot under underplay how much we love you and that you listen to this. Mm. Uh, we. Mm. 
yeah, individually, we've all had conversations with people mm. that have listened to this podcast, and we, I would like to reiterate mm. that, yes, we do love you. Thank you for listening to this, mm. this wonderful, strange so thing. All right, with that, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, social media handles will be in the description. Do send us a message, send mm. us an email. We would dearly love that. Yeah, we would. And goodbye. 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 Much love. Much love.